Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. Swing it along with the left. That's a grand slam for Yannier Molina. With special reports from Cardinals Camp and the T.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center, this is Sports Open Line on KMOX. All right, back in on KMOX. I got Chris Raji, Amy Marks, course, hanging with me. I'm Kevin, by the way. Um, I'm here Monday through Friday every night. and uh, Well, that's every night. And uh, with baseball coming up, we'll be doing uh, pre- and post-game for the Cardinals starting here in a little bit as well. Uh, I want to take it in a little different direction in this segment, guys. I want to look at um, the, the broader topic of gambling, right? I mean, it, you know, the, the transformation of gambling as it relates to sports has been unbelievably fast here the last couple of years, right? We, we're not that far removed from the pro sports leagues and the NCAA filing briefs on behalf of people trying to block legalization efforts. And now everybody's full on where you know teams are partnering with gambling outfits. And by the way, I'm cool with all of that, by the way. I am cool with gambling being legalized. In fact, it should be and should always have been legal. And in, I don't know what we're doing in the state of Missouri holding back on this. Um, and and I think that you know it, it comes down to a lot of other things that are quote unquote morality laws, and we're trying to control people's behavior. But the question I wanted to ask you guys, related to that, is why? Why are we trying to make people's behavior match our own? Because I I've heard all of this the the, the arguments against legalized gambling, and it's it usually comes down to well, you know, some people are going to have a problem with it, and it's going to cause issues. And you're right, it is. Just like it is already without legalized gambling, it's already yeah. happening. You're not generating anything positive from it. It's all going to Joe the bookie. And we already have those problems with cigarettes and alcohol, and we don't want to get rid of those. So, on a big picture level, what is our responsibility to other people when it comes to this? Because everything else booze, cigarettes, food, you're on your own to take care of yourself. It's up to you to make sure you don't overeat, that you don't smoke too much or smoke at all or drink too much. But when it comes to gambling, why do we feel like that's the step too far? Well, the, first of all, uh, there are a couple of things here. The One of the largest employers in this city is an alcohol company, and we love it. You know, we yeah. we we embrace Anheuser-Busch because it is, it's ingrained in the fabric of St. Louis. Secondly, I do think Missouri is getting closer to legalizing this stuff. The Cardinals want it. The I'm pretty sure the Blues yeah, want it. Yeah, I think it they too. went together on a on Kansas a, City, the Royals. They're they're every major city. So the two major cities in the in the state 
the the sports teams, the professional teams want it and they're lobbying for it. There are state legislators that are also lobbying for it. So I think we're closer to it being legal to to bet on your phone and to use mobile betting and, and or maybe even just go to the casinos to sports books. All the teams want sports books in their stadiums. Of course and that they is, do. That is going to happen eventually. So to get that out of the way, I do think it's coming to Missouri. It's already legal in just over half the states now, and it's going to continue to grow, and eventually it'll be all 50. But what's the argument against it? So th- to me, I, I don't I, – it's exactly what you're talking about. It's a vice, and there's a concern that, you know, people are going to get addicted to gambling, and then they're they're going to lose the house, and they're they're going to do other things. But so is smoking, like yeah. you said, so is drinking beer. That is a vice as well, and you can fall into some terrible traps by doing those things, but we don't make those illegal either. Well, I just think that when it comes to these morality laws, there is a gray area, and it all exists on a spectrum. And, like, big picture in any in any society, right, you're trying to figure out what helps a society function. When you're in a free society like the United States, they say— that, uh, you know, we, we have freedom to make choices and do indulge in vices like cigarettes or whatever, because freedom without virtue isn't free, but virtue without freedom isn't virtuous. I mean, you can't force people to have good behaviors. Right. So what that means is you have a gray area. And on one spectrum, you have like drinking and cigarettes, maybe gambling's in the middle. On the other side, you have like prostitution and pornography. And what society decides is what vices are going to be so detrimental to society that we should not allow them. It's why drug laws and prostitution laws differ from city to city, state to or not state, country to country across the world. Like fentanyl, for example, you can't just go get it. It's well, I mean, you can, but it's illegal, well, even, and because that will kill you in the first sitting. Or I mean, look at pot. Look at marijuana. Right? You, the, you, in different countries and different cities, the way. Marijuana is handled is different because they're constantly weighing, okay, how is this detrimental to society? How does this hurt other people? I think with cigarettes, you can still smoke, but look how we've curbed the effects on society where you can't smoke on planes. Mm-hmm. A lot of times you can't smoke in restaurants. Right. So I think with gambling, it they're looking at how does this affect society? You have personal responsibility, but is it a... Is it something that could cause bigger issues? I think most people are saying no, but I think yeah. that was the initial hesitation. I think the, the thing that I'm about is probably more than anything philosophically is consistency. And I even have this issue when it comes to something like as, as serious as, as heroin or cocaine. No, it's perfectly fine to drink yourself to death, but don't OD on something else. That's illegal. Like it makes no sense to me. There's no consistency there. There's no consistency saying we don't want people to get themselves in trouble and lose their money and lose their houses from gambling. But you can go ahead and do that by buying two cars that you can't afford. You can do that when you have $20 to your name and you spend that on lotto tickets because you never know. But I think when it's gray, again, when it's a spectrum, consistency, yes, trying to be consistent to your principles. But knowing that how you apply those principles can change situation to situation, those meaningful distinctions. Yes, you can be addicted to alcohol, but it's not the same as heroin. If you have one you beer. You can OD one night on booze. I've had a friend that almost died well, doing you that. Do you know how much you have to but, have? Yeah, but wouldn't you yeah. say, using logic, the average person can have a beer and it will not have the same physical a and beer, psychological sure. effect as 
sure. heroin. So sure. I think that's where that gray area is. Probably because you have heroin once. But and, we don't limit the number. Exactly. You're, you're, we don't have a limit on. on the number of beers you can have. We don't say, well, you're 18, so you can have, or you're 21, so you can have four. But yeah, that's it. You but can't if you had a more. beer that it was potent as heroin, that's when you could step in and say, this is the cost benefit analysis isn't worth, isn't worth it to society. I mean, here. again, I, I, how many how many college kids die each year from alcohol poisoning? And it's one night of just pounding booze. And it's not just beer. It's also whiskey and vodka and things that are much more dangerous. And you don't need as many of them. And by the way, I'm not arguing to legalize heroin. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell if you're no. prohibition. Are you saying, yeah, you're an, an advocate what, of what prohibition. A prohibition or, guy. What I'm he would have the, the, the 20s. What I'm saying is you got to be consistent. Because yeah. then what we get into is selective morality. But consistent then we matters. Get into, but so does context. Sure it does. Consistency and context. Sure. That's what I'm providing. Well, and see, I think. I think when in a situation like this, Kevin, I get the feeling that you're you're saying, well, where do you draw the line here? And and that happens a lot with different arguments. And every time that comes up, I go figure it out. Like some there is there are some things that are not going to be ones and zeros. Not everything's digital. Not everything's either right or right, wrong. Right. Sometimes there's a well, I, I don't. We can get by if people do this one thing. I think if if there's a heroin problem or a fentanyl problem, yes, you can die from one night of drinking. The likelihood of that happening, And by though, the way, all it takes is maybe two drinks and you getting behind the wheel of a well, car. Well, that, that we have a law against that. I understand, but there's, it's there's, easy to do. It's, it, there's, it there's, is. It's not phys- you're not physically restricted from doing it. It is, but it's a I lot. I will drink two beers every night for the rest of my life before I try heroin once. It is well, a lot 100%. easier. 100%. To to have one right. you know uh, like one night of heroin and be dead than one yes. night of alcohol and be dead and like, I'm saying just from the alcohol not driving I mean that's that's well, a, but it's all tied together well but the the getting into the car thing that's the part that's illegal mm-hmm. you can drink all you want at home just don't get in the damn car like that's that's what we're talking about here fentanyl same thing. Like that's the, the there's a reason that we are clamping down on that because it is so dangerous. Alcohol can and be dangerous. I do dangerous. think we have to define these things scientifically, yeah. rather than subjectively. I think that's the point I'm trying well, to I make. Well, I think they do that because we can measure the impact that heroin and cocaine have on the body compared to a couple of beers, right. or compared to a joint, or compared to and and when it comes to things like gambling, that doesn't have any no. medical or scientific. Um, measurable quantity or quanti- quality. Right. You, you, you yeah. use, you're kind of guessing. How is this going to affect society? I mean, quite literally, it's the same it thing is, as, as, as pornography, right? It's we we're it can be pretty damaging to society, but it's pretty accepted it's, right it, now. Yes, it's about does this hurt anybody else? Right, is what I'm about to do going to hurt somebody else? Right. Now, I think as it pertains to sports, there's a morality issue in it. But I believe the leagues were so anti-gambling for so long until they realized two things. A, we're never going to stop it. And B, we can make a ton of money off of this. Is because they're worried about the integrity of the games they're playing. Mm-hmm. That is a valid concern. Because as a business, if you are watching football and you see that Calvin Ridley has bet on yeah. his team, you start to think the next time you see a receiver drop a pass, you think, uh, uh oh, was he on the take? Yeah, it is. It, did he bet on this game, and that's why he dropped that ball? The moment but that here's kind the of thing. stuff the happens, the only reason we know is because it was legal. 
Because if he had bet with a bookie on the right. side, we would never have right. known so, that he made so that bet. So if it's legal, why would not all 30 players or you know 30 players on every team bet? Well, they're not allowed to bet on their own sport. Right. So, and, and that's, to and me, just, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's in your contract. Well, going back yeah. to Ridley, sorry, yeah. Being, yeah. being legal. That is the integrity of competition. Caught. Right. right. That, but that's how he got caught, because it was legal. Yeah. If, it were, if, it were, if he were doing that illegally, if he were just finding a bookie, we wouldn't even know about it. What sports has to have, it doesn't necessarily have to have integrity it has to have the perception of integrity you have to <laughs> seriously no, you're as right. a, as a viewer you have to believe that mm-hmm. whatever you're watching is true that yeah these guys are playing as hard as they can on each side and one team just happened to beat the other one not they won because this guy let a ground ball go between his legs on purpose like when you start to think that then you can't watch the sport anymore because then you're basically watching yeah. wrestling it's a really good point which is still real to amy <laughs> Damn it. That's well, what mean, she said. It's real in that it's performed by real human beings in a real place. It's just not a competition. It's scripted. There you go. Good answer. All right, hang tight. Amy Marks, of course. Chris Ranji, Kevin Wheeler with you. Hanging out on a Tuesday night on KMOX. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Tuesday night on KMLX, Kevin Wheeler hanging out with Chris Ranji and Amy Marks. Of course, and Amy, uh, you're up to the plate. I was gonna. I, I know I, te- I teased this earlier, or I said I teased off the air earlier that um, with this, and then obviously Ranji, you got one next. I mean, basically, yeah. I'm 
I'm tossing the ball. Right, I'm going to throw right down the middle for batting practice. Mm-hmm. And now you just get God, to you take it and run with it. Love the baseball metaphors. I mean, I wonder why. I yeah. wonder why. But it you had something you had something you wanted us to kick around. Yeah, okay. I've been thinking about, you know, everyone's talking about censorship, what you can and can't say. And there this actually, just thinking about the First Amendment, going back to last week, Emma Camp is a senior at the University of Virginia. She wrote an op-ed in the New York Times about campus culture and how she feels there is, well, it's also the data is showing from different polls and surveys that a lot of students are self-censoring to a severe degree because they're afraid of saying the wrong thing. And she said, yes, this is on the right, but also on the left. She's a liberal who, you know, has attended abortion rights demonstrations, all these things. And she's saying there's just an enormous amount of self-censorship. And she caught a lot of flack from that, from top New York Times writers and reporters saying, if you're so censored, why are you in the New York Times? And I said, that's a misrepresenting of her representation of her piece. She didn't say she was being censored by the state or by the New York Times. She just said in classrooms, there's an enormous amount of pressure to conform ideologically. David French talked about, he writes for The Atlantic and The Dispatch. And he said, there's a huge difference between cultural censorship, right? Wanting to say the right thing and legal. Okay, with all that in mind, Let's skip ahead to Tucker Carlson, who has been, in a lot of ways, either apologizing for Putin or at times it almost feels like he's shilling for Putin on his show. Well, The View, another controversial show, several of the cast members of The View said, we need a Department of Justice investigation of Tucker Carlson over all of his comments that seem to be pro-Putin. And there were others who said, absolutely, we need to see all of these pro-Putin pundits Let's do an investigation. To me, that is, you can absolutely disagree with Tucker Carlson, and I do not like him. Like, I, it, he bothers me to no end. However, I don't think we should send the state after him for him explaining his opinions. The First Amendment protects idiots. And I want to say it protects idiots, too, but it was, like, made for offensive, idiotic speech. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, first the, the, the first part, I'm a little less worried about like if you're just feeling pressure in your college class well i mean life is going to be that way it's get called used criticism to it. like get used to it it's going to be tough it, life is not easy it, yeah and you're going to get that but the larger point i think is is the is the is the to me the bigger one and that is i don't think we should be trying to sick anything on anybody else just because we don't like what they're saying especially not the state department well this is the point like if they if if those people who investigate such things have evidence or somebody has evidence and they turn it over to an investigatory body. Yeah. Wonderful. Investigate. But it shouldn't be like, hey, that guy's saying things that sound terrible and ridiculous. Hey, DOJ, go get him. That's mm-hmm. stupid. If That's it turns stupid. out that there is evidence he's some sort of Russian assets or uh, I, I suppose making money off of this and putting national security at risk or I don't know, another country at risk. I know that Russia state TV loves him. Mm-hmm. And there was a memo that the Kremlin put out to the the media outlets in the Soviet Union, what I call Soviet Union, it's been gone forever, mm-hmm. uh, in Russia, 
to to use clips of him as often yeah. as possible because it it helps make their case yes. that oh the West is behind us when we're you know right most it's the, people the, are not the people the people don't hate us just the government right is right that thing? right that's exactly what it is and oh, Secretary it, of State Mike former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo yeah. praised Putin and that was played on repeat on Russian television right so I think there's something very problematic about what he does and who he is and if there was evidence that he was assisting a foreign government in some way then yeah he should absolutely be investigated for that but it has to stop at i just don't like what he's and i hate what i I do not like what he is at all Mm -hmm. because i i think he's a grifter and i don't think that he believes half of what he's telling you um on tv so i think that though you cannot legislate that we can't just be like i don't like what he says so therefore he needs to be investigated if somehow he is putting people at risk because he is actually receiving money one way or another, then yeah, he probably needs to be investigated. But it can't just be, I don't like what he says, so go after him. Right. And I think that's why I do pay attention to the polls that are coming out that say 75, 80% of college students feel uh, pressure, feel self-censorship. And this was a point made by David French, that politics is often downstream from culture. And if you have a culture that does not value true free inquiry, but at once punitive measures or complaints taken against those who are asking unpopular questions, that's a society, that's a culture that will not long protect free speech legally. Do you know what I mean? It starts in the culture. If culturally we are really raising generations that don't want true free inquiry and are so offended by speech that they want it closed off, I'm afraid that that could leak into politics. I think that's a fair question, and I, and I think part of the problem is that it's all about which side you're you're is feeling the pressure. And I don't mean politically; I mean which side of the room you're on. If you're in the group of people that agrees, are you even worried about it? Are you even noticing it? Or are you just like, why is that weirdo got to speak up and bother everybody? You know, I mean, like I, I think that I'm trying. I want to say this the right way because I, I think it's important to note that. We all have to deal with situations where we're sometimes surrounded by people that do not see the world the same way we do. 90% of my life is like that. <laughs> like I, I self-censor all the time just because it's easier. And see, I don't, and I don't care. Like, but, but I, and, and honestly, 19-year-old me didn't care either. Like, I didn't care what anybody else around me thought. If I wanted to say something, I was going to say it. Right. And I know that's every person's different, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody everybody is, you know, when you look at your experience, you know, your your comfort with confrontation, all these things are different for every person. There's no, like, it's like you said earlier, it's not binary. It's not one or the other. There's a whole wide range of colors on the rainbow and yes. everybody's somewhere on those different, on that scope. But too much of it is people, I think, feeling sorry for themselves. Like, I feel bad that I'm in the minority here, and they don't think about it when they're in the majority and their collection of people does the same thing to someone else. The New York Times. Not intentionally, even sometimes, either. Yes. Just with how you conduct yourself. The, The piece that Amy referenced at the beginning... That's the sense I got from her, the person who wrote, not Amy, but the mm-hmm. person who wrote that What was piece. her name again? Emma Camp. Emma Camp. She's a yeah. senior at UVA. Yeah. I, I got the feeling Emma Camp just didn't like criticism. And I feel like the the term cancel culture, is I if I never hear that term again, I'll be the happiest man on earth. <laughs> because I think a lot of it is just completely ridiculous. And I don't mean the, quote, cancel culture itself. I'm talking about the... 
anger over cancel culture because I think what we're really talking about 90% of the time is consequences or criticism. Yes, you have the right to say whatever you want to say. You have the right to hold whatever opinion you want. But people also have the right to tell you your opinion is stupid and you need to rethink your opinion. Um, and I think that's called that's called criticism to me. That's not being canceled. It's not, oh, you can't say what you want to. It's think about what you're saying before you say it or you're going to get criticized. But I think that I mean, that sounds ideal. But I just I disagree with the level that this is happening in the academic sphere, because I think I'm trying to find the poll. I don't have the poll in front of me, but I know it was 75 percent of professors that faced a complaint from students for whatever reason faced punitive measures. Now, again, we have to look at these complaints. There were probably some that deserved it. Yeah, like I know, what were they doing? I know, you know very well, but I know very well there were some that weren't. I mean, at all. Like where you think, oh my gosh, like this is scary that this was offensive to someone. And so I think that's where the fear comes in. And I, I'll just finish with this. I think one of my friends applied for a job at the ACLU. And the one thing they warn you is we protect free speech, which means we protect the speech of really offensive people. Yeah. That's the whole point. And I think that that the point that you know gets back the, the root of all of this is it shouldn't be a government entity that tells you what you're saying is not okay. Like that's yeah. that's what we need to make sure we're at the forefront of. And when people work together, even if it's to try to get someone fired for something, it's not the government. You can not like it, but it's not a First Amendment issue, right? right. First Amendment is about protecting you right. from your government. And and what businesses right. end up doing usually is making the business decision. Is it worth putting up with the crap to keep this guy around? So we will close on the Tucker Carlson example. Clearly, whatever criticism Fox News gets for it's having lucrative him, for them, they don't they don't care. Right. You can't cancel him because he's too. You couldn't cancel Joe Rogan because he's too popular. It's too lucrative for Spotify. So really, what it comes down to is the math. Yeah. So, if, I mean, if there was an actual crime being committed, different story. Yes. I don't know that there is. I don't know what Tucker Carlson's inside dealings mm -hmm. are. I have no idea. But if there was something there, go after it. But just because he talks and a lot of what he says is is absurd, um, that does not mean the government should investigate him just for that. Right. And the, the tie, to tighten a bow, what you said, we have the right to shame, bully, intimidate, whatever people who say stupid things it just concerns me a little bit that down the road, does it leak into the government? And I hope not. Yeah, better not. Otherwise, I'm leaving. <laughs> leaving what? <laughs> I don't know. The continent. Well, we can go to Canada with the convoy. Uh, <laughs> or did they, did they already leave? I don't know. I don't know. I'm I, not know. I stopped following it. At like, the, Were you following it I at stopped, all? I stopped following it the day before it happened. Okay. I mean, what am I going to tell you? <laughs> right. Amy Marks, of course, Chris Ranji, Kevin Wheeler with you here on a Tuesday night. We're going to go inside the mind of Ranji next up on KMOX. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medela. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp and refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... You deserve this ice-cold reward. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Live. Swing it along with the left. That's a grand slam for Yannier Molina. With special reports from Cardinals Camp and the T.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center, this is Sports Open Line on KMOX. Oh, man, I'm nervous. We're going, what are you we're nervous go, we're, about? We're going into, inside the mind of Chris Ronji. Actually, okay. that's not true. It's just your turn. You, you, we, oh. we, what we did tonight was we each kind of picked a thing we wanted to hit on, and we're going to spend a little time on each one of these things. Uh, mine was the gambling thing. Obviously, last segment was Amy's. So now it's time for Mr. Ronji to set up the discussion that he wants to hit on, and... Uh, We'll see where we go, big boy. I think we're in a pretty good place right now it, in this country as far as, as COVID goes, which is a good thing, and I'm glad we're here, and I hope that we don't have to bounce back. And I know we talked about this uh, uh, a while ago, that we don't get to a place where North Korea is, um, or excuse me, Hong Kong is, and uh, the UK is, and China, because they've got the uptick in, in hospitalizations and deaths and whatnot. Hopefully we don't get there because we're in a good spot right now. A lot of restrictions have been rolled back. The White House today is is essentially pleading with Congress to continue funding. And there was a, a an agreed-upon amount of $15.6 billion. They wanted somewhere in the neighborhood of $22 billion to continue things like um, COVID research, testing, um, you know, orders for the antibody uh, treatments and vaccines and and also for overseas vaccinations efforts to get the poorer countries vaccinated because when these things pop up a lot of times it happens in regions where vaccinations are not very good and then those diseases end up coming here and affecting us so to get them at the root to get them before it becomes a problem well that has been sunk because they tried to get it through a funding bill, and I believe that was about a week or two ago. And now the questions are, why are we giving more money? And a lot of that's coming from the Republican Party. Some of it is coming from the Democratic Party as well. Why are we trying to allocate more money to this when a lot of that money has not been spent from the previous time we gave and allocated a lot of money for COVID research and testing and everything else. To me, this is a very important thing. I, I would argue that even if you are in your daily life and you're done with COVID, okay, fine, you are. But there need to be serious people who are working behind the scenes who don't think that it's over, who need to be on top of this all the time. Or who are worried about the worst one. Right. I mean, like the, the next one that could the, be the way next variant that, that could yes. be more of an Ebola type thing. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Right. And like one of the reasons we're in this place in the first place going back a couple of years is because we cut back on a lot of those programs. And what bothers me about this is we spend so much money in this country on so many pro- when it comes to defense, when it comes to the military budget, eh, whatever, whatever money you want. How much do you guys need? We're going to totally approve it, and you can have whatever you want. But when it comes to something like this, why are we looking at it like, well, tell me where the money is going to go first before we – I don't know about this $15 billion. Where are you going to spend that? Where have you spent the last – Six I don't trillion, care. though. They're yeah, allocated $6 trillion, dollars this, and there's no clear accounting. I 
for where that money went. I get what you're saying. I 100% agree that, I mean, we need to look at future outbreaks in the same way we have military spending and a, a nuclear stockpile, whatever it is we stockpile, we need to be ready for the next, next yeah. pandemic. Look at, have these national stockpiles, whatever that looks like, literal or metaphorical. But I do think it is a fair question, and I know it's coming primarily from Republicans, to say, okay, well, how exactly did you spend that $6 trillion? There's no way we went through all of the $6 trillion. And I know the Biden administration is saying, well, we got to cut off this right now because we're out of funding. How? $6 trillion? Where did it go? That's fine, but I want that same energy when it comes to military. We don't have that same energy when it comes to the, the Department of Defense. Why do we not do, why do you only select now when this is in our lifetimes the most important thing that's happened in the last couple of years? This COVID thing, whether or not you think it's real or you think it's a big deal or not, it shut down the planet. It shut down our economy for months and it did this all around the world. Why would we not be as prepared as possible? And yes, these are fair questions to ask, but why are we so selective as to when we ask them? This, the, Syria, what, in, in our lifetimes, what event has been more important than this? What has been more world-stopping than this pandemic? Well, I mean, the one, the only thing that even compares in, in my lifetime was 9-11. Yeah, and, and, it and changed 3,000 people died, I know, and now it, we're, it, we're talking it, about millions. But it changed everything that followed, right? I right. mean, it's it one did. of those turning points. Um, and this is definitely one of those. And I think that's part of the thing is the, the purpose of all of these things is to protect lives, right? I mean, the purpose, the reason we spend what we do on the defense department is so that nobody can come in here and kill American people. Yeah. Right. And and that's the same. But it and does, we overspend, me, though, probably. But to me, does it do we really need to differentiate between human beings killing us or these viruses that are going to come in and do more damage or do more damage quickly? I um, mean, what's more likely another pandemic yeah. or another country going to invade the United States to to Ranji's point? Approximately last year, the United spent, States spent $765 billion on the military. That That's not in the black budget. Because there's also a budget that is not measured, that is not accounted for. In military, military. defense. Yeah. Okay. The $6 trillion that is accounted for is a whole lot of money and a whole lot more than $765 billion. So I do think it's fair because Mitt Romney said he submitted these questions to the Biden administration saying, how much is undisbursed? How much is undistributed? Where did this money go? And if you're not getting answers for that, it's, I think it's their responsibility to ask these questions because this is taxpayer dollars. And it would be, even if you are a hundred percent shilling for whatever the Biden administration says, if you don't ask these questions when it's this much money, I mean, you should always is be it asking seven? it. Are you sure it's six? Isn't it closer to one? The According to NPR, it said $6 trillion. Okay. Um, let's see. The, the federal government has spent $3.62 trillion. So the numbers are different everywhere. This is from... Uh, this a, is how much of the $6 trillion. They haven't spent $6 trillion. Okay. It's They don't know how much of the allocated $6 trillion has been dispersed. And I'm fine with asking the questions. Let's just ask the questions for everything then. Let's let's do it for... And, and I again, I keep going back to Department of Defense... We have a robust military, and it's great, 
I'm sure we overspend on the military. But I bet by... we have those answers. I don't, I don't know that we do. I, we I, I don't agree with that I, I know this. We did not have those answers with a lot of contractors in Iraq and Afghanistan. Sure. Oh, we had a yeah. lot of money yeah. that just disappeared. And that stuff happens, I'm sure, all the time when there's no way for us to verify or know about it until well after the fact. Yeah, and, and I, I, think the, I think both of you guys are making good points. If I was going to tie the two of them together, I think it's, yes, we have to ask questions about all of these things. Agreed. And we need to have the same energy for everything. Agreed. Like, Yes, I would. I would tie into this. We need to have the same energy for cybersecurity. Uh, yes, what's what's more likely mm. to cause a, a, infrastructure too? Yes, exactly right. Yes, whether it's you know, protecting the water supply, the electrical grid, the electrical grid. Um, I mean, roads and bridges are a little different. I mean, there's ways around those things, and they're not necessarily quote unquote points of attack. But the point is that yes, the questions have to be asked. But what we do as a country in 2022. Is we only, and I, this is not about us in the room. We're we're all kind of in, I think, in the same headspace where we're looking at this rationally. But what ends up happening is we're just trying to get points mm-hmm. against the other team. Yep. So I'm watching Missouri State against Oklahoma here, and you know Oklahoma's trying to score more points than Missouri State, and unfortunately, that's what the game has become. Yeah. How can I score points against my opponent as opposed to? Going back to our our my defensive heroin, which was not well, defensive they, heroin. Yeah, why don't you defend heroin? <laughs> that very was so odd. weird. But going back to the point of, I want consistency. I agree with I you. I think that I think that where sharper minds will go is that both of these things are absolutely true. Yeah, and I agree with Amy. We need to we need to have some accounting on where all this money goes. But let's do it for everything. And I would say not some. To me, I would say full. full and yeah, I, I'm. That's what I mean. I'm, I'm with them. you yeah. on this. I just I look at this one particular event. As as such a huge event that we cannot afford to have happen again with a different virus, um, mm-hmm. with the same virus, with a different variant that these vaccines do nothing for. So then that we find ourselves in the place we were in in the middle of 2020. We can't ever go back to that. And we have to do and spend whatever amount of money it takes to make sure we never go there again. Good stuff. Amy Marks, of course, Chris Ranji, Kevin Wheeler hanging out with you on a Tuesday night. All right, getting ready to wrap it up on a Tuesday night. You know, we were just kill- kicking this around during the break. Uh, Amy, you brought it up, so I'll let you yeah. kind of set it up. I know this kind of thing makes the rounds every once in a while, mm-hmm. but I think I have some really definitive answers for you. Okay, every Olympics, this quote from Bill Murray, not always credited to him, though. He said we it should... It was probably Einstein. It was probably Albert, yeah. You should put an average guy... In every Olympic event, just for perspective, because we're watching these incredible athletes compete and judging them because, you know, on the balance beam, one of the athletes, one of the gymnasts wobbles. So, like, like if you want to see how tall Shaq is, make me stand next to him. So, if you had to put an average Joe, like you take him out of the gym, the YMCA, wherever, just your neighbor, and stick him in the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, or an MLB game, the four major sports. Where could you stick an average guy and What's get the, away with it the easiest? Well, from a competitive standpoint is what you mean, right? From a competitive because standpoint. Because like from a health standpoint, three of them will kill you. Yes. yes. No, don't so worry. Bad basketball. <laughs> I mean, you can kind of take that into account with the competitive, but this is less about Bob Johnson's health and more about... Can Bob skate? Because... An average let's skater. Just assume, let's just assume... Right. Let's just yeah. assume... That you have some of the physical characteristics to do these things. Like you have skated. Right. Like you're you just an average guy playing before. in a beer league. Right, right, Whatever right. team you're on, you're playing in a beer league of that team. But you have to field a competitive team and stick this guy uh, into the lineup. I, I I would say it's probably 
basketball because you could you could maybe make a shot from the outside or something half court you, maybe yeah maybe because but you're not gonna you there. you're not gonna drive the lane you'll just get demolished yeah you're going to get swatted. I mean, let's put it this way. we got to be clear. You're not going to be in any way, shape, or form competitive in any of these things. You could be an NHL goaltender. But where would you least hurt your team? Is that kind of the angle, oh. right? Like, Because I think an NBA like an NBA team could survive basically four on five if the four were really good. You know, with you just... Like, right. You know, if you just go stand out of the way and your defender has yeah. to be somewhere vaguely near you, I do think the answer is basketball, but I don't think you could be... Like, I remember somebody's, somebody was talking about this. Some dude was talking this on Twitter maybe a couple months ago, probably around the mm-hmm. Olympics when this was going on. And he was like, you know, his thing was like, which which one could I score 20 points? Could I hit a home run? Like, And everybody's like, you can't do any of those things. No. You'd be lucky to get 20 shots off that would go anywhere near the rim. Everything would just get shot right back at you. But what if you stick a guy in right field and you know he's going to be an out or a walk and then get thrown well, out every I mean, time? But like hitting a baseball is probably statistically you, the difference. Right. You, you might be able to run into Hey, you know pitchers get hit. hits. Pitchers play baseball their whole lives every day. But then they, they like can't they, hit they, for some reason when they get to the major that, league you know level. That, you know that guy that was the best player in your high school? That's, yeah, that's he's a pitcher. really good hitter. Yeah. You know what? Yeah, pitcher, that's yeah. the pitcher. We have the DH yeah. now. I know. Oh, thank God. Thank if God. We could, if we could DH for that dude, <laughs> oh. instead, if we could let the pitcher hit and DH for the right fielder, then it would be that dude. Just go stand. But even there, it's hard, but y- y- you could probably figure it out. You could probably figure that out. Standing at home plate, though, with 95 to 100 coming your way, and you don't know. Well, first of all, you don't know if it's going to be straight. You don't know if it's going to be 95 or 85. You don't know if the guy's going to drill you in the head or not. Yeah, you could, but you could probably run into one. The no, guy you can't. could throw three strikes at seventy-five miles an hour, and the guy and your Bob guy could just step back, and he's an out. I'm you telling you that. Hit. I'm telling you that. Like Adam Wainwright could say, "Here's eighty right down the middle three times in a row," and average Bob could not touch one of them. Right, but could you win a game? I get if a Bob hit. is on your team, maybe because he's, he's only going to hit once every right. you know, one out of nine hitters. So maybe I think you could win a game with Bob. Maybe I think you just put a really big guy in goal. <laughs> but he has to wear regulation pads, so he's going to have a lot of pad. flesh uh, exposed. That's yep. great. All right, that music problem. means we have to shut up. You guys, thanks for hanging out again. Bye, Kevin. Really enjoyed it. Amy Marks, of course, Chris Ranji, Kevin Wheeler hanging out with you on a Tuesday night. We'll have a short sports open line leading into Billiken's basketball tomorrow night. Nothing on Thursday for the NCAA tournament. Back for a full two hours on Friday following the Cardinals' first Grapefruit League game. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.